to the ABB Solutions Podcast, where we address challenges facing our industry. I'm your host, Mike Murphy, speaking to you from Greenville, South Carolina. Today we have Rick Hoadley, Principal Consulting Applications Engineer for ABB Low Voltage and Medium Voltage Drives. Rick is here to speak with us on drive system efficiency. Welcome, Rick. Hello, Mike. How are you doing today? Efficiency is the hot topic in today's facilities, but do people really understand system efficiency? Our goal today is to uncover some of the unknown costs found in the industry. Rick, my first question is, how do you determine the efficiency of a drive system? Well, that is a good question, Mike, uh, because a lot of times uh, people would sort of zero in on a piece of equipment and really not look at the whole system. For example, uh, in a uh, pump system, uh, what we might have is... uh, transformer that feeds a drive, a drive feeds a motor, a motor feeds a pump, and the pump is moving the water that you might need to uh, uh, go from one place to another. Usually, somebody says, I need to improve the the efficiency of my system. What do I do? Very likely, they'll, they'll do is they'll take a look at maybe the drive and say, I need to put a drive here. Or if I have a drive here, maybe I need a more efficient drive to get another maybe 1% uh, improvement of efficiency. Others might say, well, I don't have a drive, but I've got a motor, and maybe I need to have a higher efficient motor so that I can improve the efficiency of my system that way. But really what's needed is not look at just a piece of equipment, but really see how they all interact with each other and and look at all the pieces of equipment, really from the utility feeding that transformer all the way through to the the gallons per minute of water that's coming out of the pump or the uh, cubic feet per minute of uh, of air that uh, that you're you're trying to move. What we need to do is is really determine all the pieces and then put all that together, because there is interaction between these as well. They 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 aren't really just standalone pieces of equipment. They they interact with each other. So really, in in a real general term, efficiency is simply the ratio of the power out to the power in. So power out divided by power in. For example. Uh, let's say we're putting 100 kilowatts of, uh, of electrical energy into a system, and uh, we get 98 kilowatts out. Well, that, if, that system would be then 98% efficiency. Uh, 98 divided by 100, so it's a 0.98 or 98%. So that would be the efficiency. And you can do that for each piece of equipment. The other thing which is really important, though, is also take a look at, well, what are the losses? And to figure out the losses, it's simply the input power minus the output power. So like the 100 kilowatts in minus the 98 kilowatts uh, coming out. Well, what's that difference? Well, that's two kilowatts. So the two kilowatts would be the losses in the system. So a percent efficiency, that, that's a good number, but it, it's really a percent of what? I, I really like to know, well, what are the actual losses and take a look at those as well, not just the percent values. And so uh, that's really what's uh, what's important here. Now, to be able to measure the efficiency, it's not an easy thing to do. Because um, oftentimes what we're dealing with is, I mean, I mean transformers are, are typically like 98% efficient. Uh, drives are, are typically like 98, maybe 97.5% efficient. Motors, 
Well, small motors, maybe maybe 80%, 85% efficiency. Larger motors, they're much more efficient, and they could be somewhere around you know 95 or so. So, so we're talking about really fairly high efficient, highly efficient uh, pieces of equipment, and uh, to try to uh, to to get an accurate number for what the efficiency is is difficult because the losses are really small numbers. We're, we're subtracting two big numbers from each other. And I've even had equipment which, you know, uh, what, what's the accuracy and, and precision of the equipment that you're using as well? That, that's a, a big, big issue because I've had uh, uh, some instrumentation which wasn't all that good. And, and I was getting efficiencies that were somewhere around 101% efficient. And I know well, that's not real, right? We, we know that nothing is, is over 100% efficient unless maybe you've got your own little nuclear reactor sitting there in your lap. But uh, what we've got here then is um, you have to have really expensive lab quality power analyzers to uh, to be able to to take these measurements, and uh, and then things are always changing. I mean, every second uh, things are changing a little bit. Voltages are always moving up and down a little bit. Loads are always changing a little bit, and uh, and so you have to do some averages over things. And uh, and that's what, uh, for example, drive manufacturers do to be able to to give you a, a number saying, all right, here's the the average efficiency. But again, another thing to keep in mind is the number that they give you is really the efficiency of that piece of equipment under maximum load. That's for a motor it would be at uh, at full speed, full load. For a drive, it would be again putting out uh, the the rated uh, frequency to a motor, so with full voltage and uh, and and full current on that uh, for for that motor, and so that's really uh, just that's all it is. It's just at that that maximum operating point. But how? But you know, we, we don't always operate at, at that maximum point. Usually, if you're going to put a drive into a system, you're going to be operating at at less than that. So now, how efficient is your system? So you have to take that into account as well. I like how you mentioned that it's the interact and interaction with with all the products. So that's that's good. So uh, kind of on that same topic, couldn't a customer see some pretty good efficiency gains by simply changing out their motor or adding a drive to the application? They they can, and um, but there's some things you have to be aware of as well. For example, suppose you have a system where you've got a, a motor running a, say, a pump. And uh, this motor is a motor that's maybe uh, 15 years old, and you figure, hey, I'm, I'm going to need to replace this sometime soon, and maybe I should uh, replace this with a uh, one of these new high-efficiency type motors. They cost a little bit more, but uh, but hey, the numbers look really good. So you figure, you know, I'm going to be saving energy here and see my electric bill uh, decrease as a result of that. Well, here's the thing. The older motor most likely would have a slip of about maybe 2%. That means when it's running at full load, uh, it's not running at, say, 1,800 RPM for a four-pole motor. It's really going to be running about maybe 1,750 RPM. So the flip, slip is, is that difference, that 50 RPM slip. And, and, and that slip is really losses in that motor. What they do for the high efficiency motor is they reduce the uh, the resistance of the rotor bars in that motor, and so there's less slip. And that means for the same um, frequency and the same type of load, the, the motor is not going to be running at 1750 RPM. Instead, it's going to be running at about maybe 1780 RPM. 
All right, so now it's only got a 20 RPM slip, and that means it's going to be more efficient. But here's what else is going to happen. If you have this new motor on that same pump, previously the pump was running at 1750 RPM. Now it's going to be running at 1780 RPM. It's running a little bit faster. And if you know the, uh, these pump curves and, uh, and the, affinity, uh, the, the affinity laws, when the pump is running a little bit faster, it's actually going to be putting out a little bit more volume, right? It's going to go up linearly. But the power is going to go up as a, as a cube function. And so you're actually going to be drawing more energy and your electric bill is going to be higher. So what you think you will be getting, you won't. You think your electric bill is going to be uh, lower, it's actually going to be greater. Because this higher efficiency motor is going to be running with less slip. So, so you have to see, oh, all right, well, what else can I do? Um, you, you don't want to put maybe an old motor on there, but maybe what you want to do is, is have this higher efficiency motor, but then maybe add a drive to it as well. I mean, there's an additional cost to that, but now you actually have some control over things. Instead of controlling, say, the flow with, with valves or, or inlet veins or, or things like that, uh, you can control the, uh, the, the speed of the rotor itself, the speed of the motor, and you control the flow that way. You get huge energy savings that uh, by, by doing that. And that's the reason why most customers would uh, really add a drive to a system. E even if they aren't going to change out that motor, they can still add a drive to that system. And this way, they can uh, really reduce um, the, the amount of energy that they're going to be using by simply reducing the speed that motor is operating at when they uh, want to reduce the flow. And and with by doing that, there's there's huge energy savings, and this is really taking uh, advantage of what's called the affinity laws. Again, the affinity laws simply say that the the amount of flow of say of water or air is proportional to the speed of that pump, or or the fan. The the torque that's needed to turn it is proportional to the speed squared. So it's like a parabola, and the power is proportional to the speed cubed. So that means if uh, you're operating, um, say, at, at uh, maybe 70% flow, uh, what does that mean? Well, with 70% flow, the amount of, uh, of power you would need is 0.7 cubed. Well, what's 0.7 cubed? Uh, that, that's going to be around... 0.35. So that means you're going to be using about 35% uh, of the power when you're when you've reduced the flow to 70%. It's like a 65% reduction in energy usage. That's where the huge energy savings are, and uh, I mean that that greatly overshadows any uh, you know 1% 2% uh, improvement you might see in a motor or in a drive by itself. Okay. That was a great explanation on affinity laws and, and how it's not just changing out the motor or the drive. It, it's how they all work in, in conjunction. Rick, I'm hearing more discussion on harmonics. Can you quickly go over what harmonics are and how can ABB assist a customer with, with harmonics? Harmonics is a uh, fascinating uh, topic. Uh, it's really what does the current look like that's going to a piece of equipment? And that will really tell you, do I have harmonics here or not? Uh, 
For example, suppose you have a motor that's running directly across the line. If you were to take a look at the current as going into that motor in any one of the three phases, the current is going to look like a sine wave. And, uh, and, and if the current looks like a sine wave, which looks exactly like the motor, I mean the voltage, the voltage looks like a sine wave, right? And because uh, that's what the utility supplies to us. And if the current looks like that voltage, a sine wave, then really there, there's no harmonics uh, contained in that, uh, that current waveform. And that motor would not be uh, creating any harmonics. If you have a, an electric heater and you take a look at the current going to the electric heater, again, it's going to look like uh, like a sine wave. So there's no harmonics with that. Um, if you have an incandescent light, uh, you take a look at current going into an incandescent light, it's going to look like a sine wave. It's going to look exactly like that motor or uh, the, the voltage. So, so if the current looks like the voltage, then there are no harmonics in that current. However, if you have a what's uh, often termed a nonlinear piece of equipment, which includes welders and includes uh, copy machines, uh, the power supply for your computer, um, um, it includes uh, drives, AC drives, and DC drives, um, electric arc furnaces, all of these types of, of equipment and their power supplies, they're all nonlinear in the sense that if you take a look at the current going into those things, it doesn't look at all like a sine wave. Uh, they, they may look like, um, sometimes you get like, like two pulses, then it's zero, and then another negative two pulses, then a zero, and then positive two pulses and a zero. Well, that's not a sine wave. And so, so because it doesn't look like a sine wave, then we say it contains harmonics. And therefore, that load would be a nonlinear load. And like I had mentioned, those those are examples of nonlinear loads. So, so there's there's a lot of nonlinear loads out uh, out in the world today. I mean, you know, 100 years ago, there weren't you know a lot of computers. There weren't a lot of uh, different power supplies. Usually, things just ran directly off the the 120 volts in our homes or the 480 volts in our uh, utility. Motors would run uh, direct online, and harmonics wouldn't uh, really would, would hardly exist. But uh, but today that's a a different story. The, uh, the the charger you've got for your 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 iPhone or your mobile phone uh, that that creates harmonic currents. And it's the the thing about these harmonic currents is these currents are really integer multiples of the power line frequency. So our power line frequency here in the U.S. is is 60 hertz. Uh, a, a second harmonic is two times that, which is 120 hertz. Three, third harmonic is three times that, which is 180 hertz. Uh, fifth harmonic is five times that, uh, which would be 300 hertz. And, and, and it's these other higher frequency components that make up that weird looking waveform that, uh, that, that, that piece of equipment is, is drawing. And it, the piece of equipment is, is creating these harmonics simply because things are turning on and off. And it's not because things are resonating, but uh, but but uh, power is is turning on, and so current flows, and then it shuts off, and the current stops flowing and turns on, and it flows and it shuts off. And, but this is happening in a within a cycle, not not over minutes or over hours or something like that, but but within a cycle, um, uh, that's happening. And so that's what harmonics are. And the thing with these harmonics is, you might figure, well, well, so what? I've, I've got this piece of equipment. Let's say it, let's say it's a drive, and it's connected up to this transformer. And uh, and I take a look at the current, and the current doesn't look like a sine wave. Well, that means I've got harmonics there. But is it was a big deal? Well, for the most part, it's really not too much of a big deal, unless that becomes a large 
part of the total load on that transformer. When that becomes a large part of the total load on that transformer, that means there's going to be extra current flowing in that transformer, and it's, uh, it may overheat if the transformer is trying to operate at, at full load, uh, right at its uh, rated capacity. There's extra current flowing. That means there's going to be extra losses, because right? these, these harmonic currents, they, they don't produce power. It's like current that flows from the utility to your piece of equipment, part of the cycle, and then it flows back to the utility, the other part of the cycle. And so they average out to zero over one cycle, but but they're flowing. These currents are flowing. And so these currents are flowing through the transformer, which has resistance in it, so that means more losses in the transformer. There's wires, and the currents flowing through the wires, and the wires have resistance. That means more losses in the uh, in the wires. Uh, the, these harmonic currents can distort, actually distort the voltage uh, that the that you're going to see on the secondary side of the transformer, and that voltage distortion can affect other pieces of equipment. Let me give you an example. Uh, there was a, a one site. Uh, it was down in uh, I think in uh, in uh, near Indianapolis, and they were testing front-wheel drive transaxles. And it was kind of interesting how they did that. They had a motor that would be like the output of the engine going into the transaxle. And then they would have two motors would be like the two front wheels, right? And then uh, that's what powers your, your car. And, uh, and and what they can do is they can uh, put a load on the wheels like you're going uphill or you can uh, go coasting or you can uh, quickly change the speed of the motor going into the transaxle like you're, you step on the gas, you know, when accelerating past somebody, things like that. So, so they can test that out. But the piece of equipment that they ordered, um, we said you, you need a filter on the on the input to your drive to be able to take care of harmonics. And they said, well, you know, is, is this still going to work okay if if I don't have that filter? It says, well, yeah, it'll work okay, but uh, but you you know, it, you know, other pieces of equipment in your plant might not. It says, well, if it's going to work okay, we'll, we'll just go with that because uh, it's, it's less expensive. And you know, it's one of those things. Well, you know, the customer is always right. You know, he, at least he, he thinks he is. But uh, we're here to help them out. So, okay, so so we have some of the piece of equipment. They're doing the commissioning. And, and, and what do you know? But when they turned on this piece of equipment uh, to, to start uh, running that uh, and doing the testing of these transaxles, all the time clocks in the plant would reset. They would just go ka-chunk, and suddenly it shows 12 o'clock. And, the, and the, the workers in the plant says, hey, look, guys. It was only, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. But they'd say, hey, look. It's noon. It's 12 o'clock. That's what the clock says. And so they went on break for half an hour, right? When they came back, uh, they, they, they said, hey, turn on that piece of equipment again. And uh, now it was like, like about 1240 or so. And we turned it on. And again, ka-chunk, all the time clocks say 12 o'clock again. It says, hey, it's break time again. They thought this was great. But, uh, you know, the owners came out, uh, out of the office and says, hey, time out, fellas. You know, you, you can't go on break. It, it's only, you know, 10 o'clock. And... Uh, and 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 the thing is, is that that these harmonic currents. I mean, the drive was happy with that, but but it created enough distortion in the voltage, and that's the real key, is the voltage distortion that uh, results from these uh, harmonic currents that causes problems with other pieces of equipment. So it caused problems with their time clock. It even caused a problem with the copy machine in their office. It would it'd go wacky, you know. It'd start doing copying when you didn't tell it to. And uh, and so they says, well, help us. And so of course we're here to help them. And so uh, we we uh, put a filter on that, and and you know we had to charge them for it. But uh, but then with that filter on there, we reduced those harmonics, and uh, and and now 
well, the workers there aren't so happy because they don't get 20 breaks every day, but uh, but the, the clocks now work properly, the, the copy machine works properly. So so that's the issue with, with harmonics. It's not so much that there's harmonic currents flowing, but but what is it doing to the voltage? So so if you take a look at your voltage, and, and if it doesn't look like a sine wave any longer, that means you've got a significant amount of, of harmonic uh, load on, on that transformer. And uh, again, it, there's, there's simple solutions for that stuff, but, uh, but you need to uh, be aware of that and, uh, and take a look at how you can fix it then. Rick, I'm starting to become more aware that it's, it's more than just looking at, at the application. There's a lot behind the curtain. What can ABB do to help a customer improve their system efficiency in their facility? One nice thing about ABB is we're a large company and we make a lot of cool stuff. We make uh, e equipment for uh, for controlling the uh, the speed and torque of motors with uh, using drives. We uh, we make transformers. Um, uh, we, we make uh, filters and, um, and we, we make motors, uh, we, we, all, all that stuff. Now, now, we don't make the pumps. Somebody else makes pumps, but, uh, but that's fine. We can interface to all those things. But what we can do is because we have a, a really breadth of, of, of uh, equipment that uh, we can supply and we know how they, they work with each other, we have really good a good handle on um, not just saying, hey, we want to sell you a drive, but we're really here to help you take a look at your whole system. We want to take a look at, well, what do you have for your transformer? What do you have for, let's say, for the drive? What do you have for the motor? Um, what do you have for the pump? And let's see really how they all play together. Like we mentioned uh, at, at the beginning, um, the, the, the type of drive you have and the way it interacts with the transformer, you can improve efficiencies there. One way of doing that is we have a, a type of drive called a ULH drive that stands for ultra low harmonics. That means the harmonics that it produces on the input side is, is extremely low. It's like maybe 3%. It's not like 40% or, or, or 60% that you might see on a, on a drive that doesn't have any type of filtering inside of it. But uh, this is a, a very low amount of harmonic currents. That means that um, there's not gonna be uh, excessive losses or additional losses in your transformer and your cables uh, between your drive and your transformer. Not only that, with the ULH drive, uh, we can actually operate the drive at unity power factor, which means that the amount of current that you're going to be drawing from uh, your, your, your transformer and, and through the cables is going to be really the minimum amount of current that you, uh, you can possibly get. Um, if you're just running the motor across the, uh, across the line, you know, a motor's power factor is what, uh, maybe about 0.8. Uh, little ones might be 0.7. Uh, bigger ones might be about, uh, 0.9, uh, maybe 0.87, somewhere around there. But with a ULH drive, the power factor that the transformer sees is going to be unity. And you can't get any better than that. And uh, and so so we can uh, do things like that. So 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 see, you know, what's the interaction between the drive and your transformer? The other piece is what's going on between the drive and the motor. Now, simply adding a drive to the motor, well, sure, it, it'll spin the motor, but but is it really tuned to be able to get the maximum amount of of um, torque out of that motor for the minimum amount of power going into it? And uh, and so we tune that with respect to uh, the voltage and the frequency at uh, at, uh, at at different speeds. 
And so, uh, so we can really reduce the amount of losses then in the motor that way and uh, losses in the drive as well. So, so we can, in a sense, tune things so that uh, you're really um, have, uh, drawing a, a minimum amount of power from the utility or the application you have. But th there's one other piece which we uh, need to take a look at, and, and that's the, the pump or the, the fan or, or, or the air handler or, or whatever uh, piece of equipment that, uh, that this motor is actually spinning. Um, sometimes, I, I've seen uh, efficiencies of, of pumps might be around, oh, maybe 0.75, maybe 0.8. And uh, and there's other pumps which have efficiencies which are, are a lot higher. Well, what's the difference between those? Well, maybe maybe the higher efficient pump has it's, it's polished inside the, uh, uh, the the chamber. It has polished surfaces, so so you don't get uh, all this um, uh, you know a flow that, uh, that that that's not helping. And 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 so somebody getting a higher efficiency type of pump really helps your whole system because you can change the efficiency of your system by 10% simply by getting a better pump. And you can never get another 10% out of uh, a different transformer or drive or motor, but you can get 10% improvement in, in a better pump. And so take a look at that as well, all right? That's, that's a piece of the puzzle here. And sometimes it's the big piece, but we forget about it or don't look at it because we can't connect probes onto that thing as easily as we can with, uh, say, with the motor. So, so we, we can help with all these things. And we have uh, a lot of tools which are available uh, for the customer, uh, tools to take a look at, uh, well, how can I improve the, uh, the efficiency for my pump system? How can I improve the efficiency for my air handler system? Um, how can I uh, improve the uh, the harmonics in my system? Uh, what uh, what sort of uh, filters maybe uh, would I uh, need to put on, on in front of a drive, or should I simply go to a this a ULH type of a drive? Um, and there's there's also uh, other types of of uh, filters that can handle maybe maybe a whole motor control center where you have maybe uh, 20 drives instead of putting money into every single one of those drives, sort of handle all of them as a uh, as, as a group with a uh, like a an active uh, a harmonic filter, uh, which is uh, more of a, a system orientation of uh, of looking at this um, of improving a system efficiency. So so there's a lot of ways of of dealing with that and. Uh, We've got uh, some some uh, great documentation that can help out. Wow, that's great, uh, Rick. We're about out of time, but before I let you go, I uh, just have one last question. Um, what are about two or three takeaways from today's discussion? Well, um, I think the first one is instead of looking at improving the efficiency of just one piece of a system, and when you talk about a system, it's really You've got energy coming in from the utility, and you have energy going out in terms of, of airflow or water flow, or or maybe this is a, a rock crusher, or you know whatever it is, you know you've you've got an output, and uh, instead of just taking a look at, at at one piece of of the of this equipment that's in a string here, uh, really take a look at all the pieces that make up that string. And, uh, and see, well, what's going on with each one of those? What's the efficiency on each one of those? And don't just stop with the efficiency, but what's the losses of each of those pieces? And how do those losses vary as you vary the speed or as the load changes? All right, so you get a bigger picture of what's going on there. 
The um, second thing is, is like I mentioned uh, uh, just a little while ago, is what about the interaction? There's the interaction of, um, say, a, a drive and a transformer, or a motor and a transformer, or the interaction between a drive and a motor. I mean, these things interact with each other, and and the amount of energy and, and the losses can be minimized by the way things are set up and, uh, and, and the way things are tuned uh, instead of sort of just blindly it, it, it's more than just Lego blocks, all right? In a way, you can think of it as Lego blocks, but these are Lego blocks that have have uh, adjustments on them. And, uh, and and so you want to be able to uh, really take advantage of that. that. That's the whole reason why we have uh, things called parameters inside of our drives, which uh, which can be tuned. But then I, I think the, the, the third biggest thing is we've got a fantastic team of regional application engineers that you can call on in your area and uh, and they'd be more than happy to to help you out with uh, with any question you have on this. They've been doing this for several years, and uh, and so they've got a lot of good experience. And and behind them, if if uh, if there is something uh, maybe they uh, they say, well, you know, this is something new to me, because sometimes we you know we run across something new. Uh, don't worry, you know, we've got a lot of other people they can uh, uh, call, and and uh, it, it's a whole team effort here. Uh, where we're here to really help you out, to help you really find a solution and not just a piece of equipment. All right, we're here to help you with a solution. Uh, and for example, for you know energy efficiency within uh, your facility, there's a lot of ways of doing it, and uh, and and we know a lot of ways. So um, so we're we're here to help you out that way. Uh, Rick, uh, this has been fantastic. I, I know I've certainly learned a lot more about system efficiency. I'm sure our listeners have as well. Um, just for um, extra uh, pieces of information, uh, we're going to have some P uh, collateral, some PDF documentation in conjunction with this podcast. Also, if you're interested in learning more about drive efficiency, just type in your Google search bar, ABB Drive Efficiency, and there's a ton of information out there. That's all the time we have. Uh, remember, if you want more information, contact your local ABB sales representative or go to www.abb.com. If you have any questions regarding the podcast series, visit us at us-solutions at abb.com. Rick, I appreciate your time today. Thank you, listeners, and have a great rest of your day.